the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Lovely day. Gorgeous day here. It feels like, what, early May instead of mid-February. Thanks for coming along today, the Thursday edition of The Ride Home. Kath? things with you well oh my gosh it's such a gorgeous day mm-hmm. in fact just talking about it i'm taking my coat off okay it's a little warm in the studio it's very right? warm in here in the strip district uh, earlier today i was you? there earlier today mm-hmm. and it was because just because i wanted to get outside yeah i had to do some shopping mm-hmm. and i wanted to get outside and i thought it'd be the perfect time well, how's the um, strip? and the strip was uh, relatively busy mm-hmm. but i was able to find a parking space right away which i consider a huge win. oh that's gigantic on the street uh-huh I felt, on the street. I felt very good about that. It's like a golden ticket. Yeah, exactly. And everybody was in a really good mm. mood. Everybody. I think, it's 70 I degrees think and the sunny. weather put everybody's happy face yeah. on. It was great. I very much enjoyed being there. Now, unless we get a cataclysmic march upon us, which, of course, may happen. Well, look at what's happened in the oh, Midwest. Right. Crazy snowstorms. I mean, we're so lucky yeah. that that missed us. Oh, we sure are. Oh, my gosh. I mean, seriously, I drive by my little salt pile down there in the driveway, and I think, not yet, buddy. Do not come this way yet. So, uh, you know, it, it may happen sooner rather than later, but uh, I'm just uh, hedging against that, right? I don't want to see you use any more of that salt this year. Mm, neither do I. Mm-hmm. Mm, I do not. No, no. Mm-hmm. Very nice. I've just turned the fan on in the studio because I just can't bear it a minute longer. (laughs) Very good. We live in this high-tech studio here, you know, and and I I think, oh, this is pretty fancy. Then I look at the ceiling, and there's a clothespin, and it brings us down a notch. Yeah, Lex, did you put that up there? No. That's a gear. I no, think not me. Okay. That's management up there. I thought maybe that that's management up there. It may be right a surveillance clothespin for all we know. It could be. You it has to have there? a little camera attached to mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. There it is. The shenanigans have got to stop here. Could be right? the case. Mm-hmm. Uh, it holds something, right? I mean, that's like a gaffer thing, isn't it? Right? A clothespin? A, co- yeah, a curtain does, or a, you know, something. But, hey, speaking of, you uh, can watch the program. The Ride Home is streaming live on YouTube at the word Pittsburgh if you oh. want to see the kind of crazy situation we're talking about. That's oh, fabulous, really. In our Sunday best here. I, I decided to upgrade yesterday. I was wearing a T-shirt. Put on a real shirt today. Oh, yeah. Because I felt bad about you yesterday. We talked about uh, women in the workplace yesterday. Yeah. I thought about that later. I did, did too. Did you guys think, did it sound like I was whining? No. Okay. Because no. I was concerned that maybe I was whining. No, and I, I didn't mean so. to be. I didn't mean to be a whiner. No, I think you were just, you know, telling us practical life here. This is what okay. I am. Right? That's I all. hope that's true. I did think about Patty Burns last night. Because of how great she was. Yes, yeah, she was. Remember her nails? Do you remember her nice red nails that she always had? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's really inside she poker. She had a very nice red really, manicure. I do not know mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Okay. She's all a right. smoker. Do you know that? Uh, I do know that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She used Topol. How do you initiate? I don't know that. Too. Yeah, it is a smoker's toothpaste. You're though. making that up. Right. You don't know about Topol. You ever use like that whitening stuff? 
Yeah. Like mouth guards. And you always see it's kind of always kind of like locked up at the store. Like there's going to be a run, like a thief. I don't think it is ring. anymore. Like like back with. I was in still? CVS yesterday. Really? And I walked by and they had like the little plexiglass. And I'm thinking, what are they locking up? And it was like, you know. Teeth whitener. Teeth whitener. Well, like people are going to use that in some kind of... No, it's just probably... I don't know. It's expensive? I don't know. I see the Costco. They don't want people ripping it off? You ever try it? Um, I did. I remember... This was years ago. I remember at some point I did try it because I remember what they tasted like. Strips? Yeah. Or a pen? No, strips. Mm Mm-hmm. I remember thinking that they tasted like like, um, freeze-dried toothpaste. What? What is Mm -hmm. that? Like if you would freeze-dry toothpaste, that's kind of what the... What the crest whitening strips tasted like. And you leave them on overnight? No. What? You left, I think you only left them on for 20 minutes or something. Hmm. And, and they dissolve. They oh, worked. Really? Yeah, they worked. But then you stop using them and then you go yeah, back. Yeah, because it's expensive. Yeah. How about people with like this super incredibly bright white smile? I like that. I mean, I see that. Don't you like that? Uh, <laughs> no, you don't like it. <laughs> well, no, I do like it. I'm always a little suspect. Why? Like, because you how think do it's they fake? do that? Oh, how do they, I mean, well, how maybe, that... well, maybe they're buying the stuff that you're no, just looking at. No, I think at. it goes beyond that. It's like a cosmetic veneer. Well, yeah, it's you can get like veneers. A, that's very expensive. Right? That's what I, I think, it. right? You see people go, holy smokes, that guy, what a smile. Yeah, I'd like that. All right, save up for it, all right? Yeah, I'm not, probably not going to do right. that. Enough about teeth. Hey, there's a lot coming up on today's program. Can I share a couple things? You don't want to do news? Well, I've got five o'clock hour. I'll just say what's going on. Okay, fine. Uh, we'll talk about the full fish fry list for Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah, I got it. I'm looking forward to that. Um, mm. Also, the one-year anniversary today of the Ukraine-Russian it's war. tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, it's tomorrow. It's tomorrow. Oh, I thought it was today. Okay. Anyway, the one-year anniversary, it is tomorrow. Mm. You are correct. We're going to talk about that in the 5 o'clock hour. Um, also, in this hour, uh, the 19 most popular cereals based on boxes sold. Hmm. Mm-hmm. See if you can guess what that is. Uh, and in just a little bit, uh, Jerry Boyer will be with us to talk about uh, whether we're headed toward a debt crisis. Mm-hmm. Don't be out there spending, mm-hmm. everybody. Also, Save Turk- your money. Turkish Christians are pleading that uh, international aid agencies don't distribute Bibles after the earthquake. What's that all about? I don't know. Can all find right. out. Okay, without further ado, That's let's go take a look at the news. That's a lot in a clue uh, to our show, right? Well, we do push it in there. Okay. Do we not, right? Without further ado, let's look at the news stories of the day, the top four at four. For Thursday, February 23rd, 2023, mm. number one. The crew of the Norfolk Southern train that derailed in East Palestine received an alert about an overheating wheel bearing and was trying to slow the train before it came off the tracks, according to the NTSB report that was released today. As the engineer applied the brakes, apparently an automatic braking system kicked in. Um, They discovered that the wheel bearing was heating up over several miles as they approached what ended up to be the derailment site. Um, But the temperature did not reach a critical threshold until shortly before the incident when it registered 253 degrees above air temperature. Shoot we. Wait, I thought about the the other day because how many cars run that train? Oh, I don't remember. I think you said 160. 160, 150, something like that. I said 30. You guessed 30. Right. Yeah. It was incredibly long. 20 of them were carrying hazardous materials, 11 of which derailed, along with 27 cars carrying non-hazardous goods. The total was 149. Okay. The uh, report also indicated the train was traveling below the speed limit when it went off the tracks. Hmm. That's from today's Washington Post. Number two. 
The European Union's executive branch said today that it has temporarily banned what? TikTok from phones used by employees as a cybersecurity measure. Hmm. In a first for the European Commission, its corporate management board suspended the use of TikTok on devices issued to staff or personal devices that staff use for work. TikTok is facing intensifying scrutiny from all sorts of places in the West over security and data privacy. Also concerns that the app could be used to promote pro-Beijing views or I don't know, take all of our private user information. The EU's action follows similar moves that we've already talked about in the U.S., where more than half of the states and Congress have banned TikTok from official government devices. In Norway, in case you were wondering, John, what was happening there, the justice minister was forced to apologize earlier this month for failing to disclose she had installed TikTok on her government-issued phone. Mm -hmm. You have TikTok? I do not. Lex? And I'm really not interested in it. You have TikTok? I love TikTok. Oh, you love TikTok. Let's go find Lex on TikTok, right? No, because we're not going to be. Uh, Lex, are you concerned about the Chinese government getting your personal information? I mean, I don't know what they're going to get other than all <laughs> my student debt. So Student debt. Okay, that's good. They could take it maybe, right? Yeah, seriously. Please. And number three, speaking of digital information, the disclosure of emails and texts in which Fox News executives and personalities disparaged mm. the same election conspiracies that were being floated on their shows has apparently greatly increased the chances that a defamation case against them will succeed. Mm. There's an article today, a lengthy one, in the Washington Post. It indicates that Dominion voting systems included dozens of messages sent internally, listen to this, by Fox co-founder Rupert Murdoch and on-air stars such as Tucker Carlson. In a brief made public last week, Dominion is suing for $1.6 billion. Dominion said the emails and texts show that Fox hosts and executives knew the claims being peddled by Rudy Giuliani and Sidney Powell weren't true. Some employees privately described them as ludicrous and, quote, mind-blowingly nuts, but Fox kept airing them to keep its audience from changing channels. Unless Fox can persuade Delaware Superior Court Judge Eric Davis to dismiss the case or strikes a settlement agreement with Dominion, it will probably have to face a jury. Can you imagine that? Yikes. And number four, the Roberto Clemente children's book is back on the shelves in Florida's Duval County Public Schools after being reviewed and approved for use in classrooms and libraries. The school district said in a news release that its certified reading specialists are in the process of reviewing more than... 1.6 million book titles for appropriateness in order to comply with Florida legislation passed last year. And that is your top four. Interesting. So what... Now, how long do you think that's 1.6 million books? Yeah. Okay, so Lex is reading a lot of books. Maybe she should join that staff. Yeah. Right? You'd probably like that job, Lex. You You can decide what's appropriate and what... Well, you wouldn't like that part. So what do they do? They sit around and, what, look for the problematic passages... The district said it's reviewing books to make sure they are free of pornography, instruction on sexual orientation or gender identity in kindergarten through third grade, and discrimination in such a way that an individual by virtue of his race, color, sex, or national origin is inherently racist or oppressive, whether consciously or unconsciously. Mm -hmm. So I wonder what the red flag was. They never went into that. The Roberto book. I don't think they said, um, but it was one of 7,000 titles that had been reviewed and approved for use as of today. Good. All right. Justice prevails. I I mean, I guess. Mm -hmm. All right. Shall we take a quick break? Let's go to Orlando. Mickey Mouse does not await us. Mm-hmm. Jerry Boyer does. He's there live at a Christian Financial Advisor Conference. He's going to talk to us about all things debt. 
Straight ahead. Pittsburgh's Christian Talk on the ride home. 101.5 WORD. When God created us, he had a purpose for our lives. I'm Alan Jackson. I have the privilege of joining you each weekday to open our Bibles together. The Bible tells us that God has made us what we are. And in our union with Christ Jesus, he has created us for a life of good deeds, which he has already prepared for us to do. Join me and let's see what God has for us today. A fresh look at scripture weekday mornings at 930. Alan Jackson Ministries on 101.5 WORD. Doing it right. Roofing, siding and remodeling. The first Owens Corning MVP in Pittsburgh and one of the longest tenured platinum contractors in the Pittsburgh region. Doing it right, roofing, siding, and remodeling. Call 724 New Roof. That's 724 New Roof. If you have an IRA or 401k, please listen closely. My name is Jason Hansen. I'm a former CIA officer and New York Times bestselling author. Throughout my career, let's just say I've been in some hairy situations. And I believe right now the biggest threat facing Americans is they need to protect their wealth, which is exactly what I'm doing for my wife and six kids. And I believe the ultimate safe haven is physical gold and silver. You can protect your hard-earned retirement assets with a tax-free loophole that allows you to convert your retirement into physical gold and silver. The folks I use are Advantage Gold, and believe me, I've investigated the heck out of all types of people. Advantage Gold is the nation's highest-rated gold company. They have the best process, pricing, and service. If you want to get your free gold and silver investment kit, please contact Advantage Gold right now, and you'll see how easy it is to protect yourself with precious metals. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Consult with your financial advisor before investing. Call 800-900-8000. This message is for anyone looking for $500,000 to $1 million or more of affordable term life insurance. Even if you have diabetes, high blood pressure, or are taking anxiety meds. Here's an example. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe overweight with type 2 diabetes, $1 million of term life insurance may only cost about $200 a month. We're Term Provider, experts in finding affordable term life insurance for those that may not be in perfect health. If you've had prostate cancer, heart conditions, high cholesterol, or are on prescription medications, you may still qualify for a half million to a million dollars or more of affordable term life insurance. Get a quick quote right now by visiting termprovider.com. That's termprovider.com. Or simply call Term Provider at 800-333-1750. If you're looking for term life insurance but have type 2 diabetes, high blood pressure, or have other health issues, call Term Provider at 800 800- 333-1750. That's 800-333-1750. Roofing, siding, or remodeling? Want it done right, Jerry Boyer is back with us. Jerry's a regular guest on our show. He is um, the author of The Maker versus The Takers, what Jesus really said about social justice and economics. Also the podcast that uh, we'll talk about, I'm sure, as the go- show goes on as well. Um, Meeting of Minds. And, and But today, Jerry, thanks for being with us. You're going out of your way to, to provide hospitality because you're on the road and still you choose to be with us. So thank you so much. Oh, it's my pleasure. I wouldn't miss it for the world. Very kind. So... Jerry, talk to us about what debt crisis might mean. Now, in our personal lives, I think it's pretty easy for us to figure out. But it just seems like from the perspective of the average person, I'm going to put myself in that slot because I don't understand anything about, you know, widespread economic issues, that we've been in debt for so long and it seems like everybody's in debt. So is is debt really that bad? 
Um, debt is not bad at all, and it's really not a problem um, until it is absolutely the only problem, which happens kind of suddenly. Mm. So you know, there have been a lot of concerns over time about national debt or the deficits, um, and nothing bad has happened. Therefore, people think nothing bad can or will happen. Uh, but debt is really rather sudden, uh, and so it can grow and grow and grow. It's a little bit like an avalanche. Um, and then all of a sudden, it's the only thing that matters. Uh, so in the late um, 1990s, there were a series of debt crises um, in, uh, in Asian countries and emerging markets, the Asian debt crisis. And it was very destructive to those economies. Uh, and within our far more recent memory, we had a terrible European debt crisis, mm -hmm. which was largely centered in um, Portugal, Spain, Italy, Greece. Um, I think someone created an acronym P-I-I-G-S, pigs, um, because they wanted to spend and spend and spend and borrow and borrow and borrow, and they wanted people to keep uh, lending to them. And uh, finally, their bond markets exploded. So what does that actually feel like? Well, what it feels like is interest rates go up, and when interest rates go up, it's really hard for businesses to keep the doors open because their credit is more expensive. So there tends to be an economic contraction and a very severe and prolonged recession or even a depression. Now, in the case of those European countries, they're part of a European Union, right? So they kind of got bailed out by the, you know, the non-spenders in the north. So it's almost like, you know, the, the old uh, fable of the, of the grasshoppers and the ants, hmm. right? Uh, so northern Europe tends to be the savers and uh, the, the ants and, the, and southern Europe tends to be the, uh, the grasshoppers who think, not, you know, that uh, winter will never come. So they were kind of bailed out a little bit and they're in the same currency so the currency didn't collapse as much as it would otherwise. Uh, but more typically with a debt crisis, when the value of the currency collapses, that's essentially that's um, inflationary. I see. So a, a debt crisis tends to be high interest rates, which chokes off growth. I mean, look what's happened with the interest rate increases of the past year, which we did intentionally. And look how much it's hurt economic growth. Imagine a huge interest rate spike, which is unintentional which, you know, lenders just won't lend to you anymore because they don't trust you because they think you're too indebted. You're no longer a good credit risk. So that shrinks the economy. And then the currency becomes less value, less value that's kind of debased. And that's inflationary. So that's what it looks like. It feels like we had a little mini version of one of these in the 1970s. It wasn't a full-blown debt crisis. But in the 1970s, we had stagflation. We had two short, two smallish recessions and basically a decade of inflation. So for those of us who lived through the 70s, think about that, but maybe double the severity of it. And that's what a debt crisis looks like. Mm. So the way we are now, Jerry, I mean, it feels, you know, during the pandemic, the federal government was just printing money left and right. Trillions and trillions of dollars, you know, were given away to uh, government, state, local governments. And of course, with Ukraine, billions and billions of dollars of economic aid. I mean, it, it feels as though our debt's out of control here. Are we on the precipice uh, of a debt crisis here in the U.S.? Well, that's a good question. That's what I spoke uh, at, at this event. So I sp I'm speaking to the largest gathering of Christian financial professionals. And my conclusion is we're probably not on the precipice, uh, but I can see the cliff from here, I believe. Um, and so, I, you know, for most of my life, um, as being a guest on your show and even when I was doing my own show, I was generally someone who was saying, listen, we can handle these level, this level of debt. There are a lot of people who are just constantly doom mongering 
Uh, and there's a lot of that in the Christian community. Um, you know, someone like Glenn Beck was constantly predicting hyperinflation and not just Glenn Beck, but others. Um, just And a lot of people, you know, the blood moon hysteria. Right. Uh, these things have tended to go through the Christian community. You know, going back to Larry Burkett, who in the 1980s wrote about, you know, the economic crash that's about to come. And we didn't get that. And I didn't at the time, I wasn't thinking we were going to get it. I was saying, no, the U.S. has far more resiliency than we think. And a debt crisis does not or hyperinflation does not seem to be something that is on the near horizon. But now we're getting to the point where debt levels are high enough. And because we essentially shut down the economy for two years, which led to vastly higher debt levels than we'd had before, and a lot of monetary debasement. We, we printed money, but we didn't make stuff. Mm -hmm. So you shut down the economy for, for two years, but you don't shut down the printing press. And that makes money worth less. Mm -hmm. Not worthless, but worth less. Hyperinflation is when it's nearly worthless. So that's caused an inflationary crisis that we're in. And there's a pretty good chance we're going into another recession now. And when you go through recessions, the, the, the national debt goes up more. Why? Because there's a more social spending. But there's less tax revenues. When the economy slows down, there's less ta tax revenues. And so that becomes almost like a ratchet effect. Every time we go through a recession, we have kind of an up, upturn in the national debt. And we don't really have a downturn in the national debt afterwards to counter that. So that means we're probably going to come out of this slowdown this year, whether it's technically a recession or not. This slowdown was probably going to have another uptick in the debt. Um, and that puts us in a vulnerable, vulnerable position. And one more thing. This is another thing I talked about at the conference here. We are, we are really now going to feel the economic cost of the abortion of 60 to 67 to 70 million people. Um, when you take that many people out of the human family, you're taking them out of families, you're taking them out of churches, you're taking them out of social sphere, and you're taking them out of the economy. Um, and we're really feeling that now because they would all be Roe versus Wade was passed was happened 50 years ago wasn't passed it was decided uh, 50 years ago so all of the people aborted since Roe versus Wade would be 50 or under they'd all be working age mm -hmm. so they're gone so the baby boomer generation didn't replace itself partly because of a high abortion rate and now as people are aging out of the system the growth rate for the population of people 65 and older is 250% the growth rate of people 18 to 65. Wow. So our retiree cohort is growing two and a half times the rate of our worker cohort, which is going to make it really tough for us to grow our way out of our debt. So I would say we have a significant problem, not the precipice, but in view that we need to be concerned about. I see. Jerry Boyer is our guest, host of the podcast Meeting of Minds, author of The Maker versus the Takers, what Jesus really said about social justice and economics. Uh, Jerry, I want to go on a little tributary here for a minute because something you said piqued my interest. Um, do you think that Christians are more liable to fall into the uh, doom and gloom than the average person? Yes. And in my experience, yes. And why do you think that is? Uh, I think there's a couple of reasons. Um, I think some of them are actually good reasons. Uh, in other words, you can be wrong, but you can be kind of wrong for a good reason. And I think it's because Christians have sensed the cultural rot earlier than the culture in general, uh, because we see the presuppositions shifting in the wrong direction. Or somebody, I think it was Carl Henry, said, we're a cut flower civilization. So you cut the stem of a flower flower still looks like a flower 
even for weeks, but it's cut. And so when we cut ourselves off from Christ uh, and from a biblical worldview, Christians saw that the rot would come and the flower still looked fine. So that's kind of a good reason to be doom and gloom, although we, we're like really early. It kind of takes a long time for that apostasy to uh, cause things to rot. I think the other reason is because something happened around the 1970s with the uh, oh, late Great Planet Earth books, mm-hmm. uh, and then the Left Behind books, and then the Left Behind series, where there used to be a lot of Christian views about the end times. Some of them were optimistic. The post-millennialists said, no, 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 we're going to win. The gates of hell will not prevail against us. The gospel will spread and spread. Some were amillennialists who said things are going to kind of go on as they were. And some were premillennialists who said things are going to end badly. And you put that together with dispensationalism, and almost all evangelicals came to believe that the Antichrist is coming, and he's coming soon, and everything's going to go be bad, and there's nothing we can do to stop it. I don't want to debate those different schools. All I'm saying is, the Puritans came to the United States, and they were postmodernists. They were optimists, so they acted more optimistically. Whereas almost all Christian media now is dispensational, premillennial, and not just that, but it's going to happen soon. Mm. Israel became a state in 1948, so it's going to happen 40 years later. Oh, it didn't really become a state until 1973, Yom Kippur War, and they keep pushing that back. So I think that our end time speculations have caused us to always be looking for the Antichrist. When the book that we're reading is the apocalypse of Jesus Christ, the revelation of Jesus Christ, it's not the revelation of the Antichrist. But we seem to think it's a book about the Antichrist, yeah. and we're always looking for him, and we don't believe we can win, and so we're more, we're, I think we're more fearful for that reason. Interesting. Jared, we need to take a, a quick break. Uh, we're curious. There you are in Orlando. You're at a gathering of um, uh, the largest group of uh, Christian financial advisors. When we come back, can we talk about that, Christian financial advisors? Thanks so much. Yes, Jerry Boyer, straight ahead. Stick around. It's the ride home for Pittsburgh's Christian Talk. This is Kathy Emmons. John and I are grateful for the encouragement we have from all of our advertisers and especially our friends at Grove City College. Thanks to everyone at Grove City for supporting The Ride Home. It's that time of the year at the Springhouse in 84. It's Dairy Farm Tour time. That's right. We actually invite classes of school children to our real working dairy farm. The children love feeding the calf, milking the cow, and even seeing where the cows sleep and smelling what they eat. Many children today have never even touched a baby calf, nor have they associated the wonderful cow as the source of the milk that they get from the grocery store. At the Springhouse in 84, we are so committed to teaching children about farming and helping them understand how much the city mouse and the country mouse truly need each other. Call 228-3339 or have your child's teacher set up a date for your child's classroom farm tour and let us share a little of our farm with you at the Springhouse in 84. Annuity guarantees rely on the financial strength of the issuing insurer. If you're over 50 and thinking about retirement, 
It's vital that you have a protected income flow you can rely on. Not so easy these days. That's why you need the book that could help protect your retirement future. The book, Guarantee Your Retirement from financial leader JDM Financial, takes all the mystery out of ways an annuity strategy can help safeguard your retirement with their step-by-step method for boosting your retirement income as much as 40%. And today, the book is yours free. Ready to help recession-proof your retirement? This free book can be a roadmap to helping you avoid the uncertainties of the economy that could could make your retirement dreams fade. Don't risk losing some of what you've worked a lifetime for. For your free copy of Guarantee Your Retirement from JDM Financial, call now. Call 800-337-8051. That's 800-337-8051. 800-337-8051. Roofing, siding, or remodeling? Want it done right? Call doing it right. 724 New Roof. Listen on your smart speaker at wordfm.com, the Word FM app, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. In your car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. I love living in a rural community where neighbors help neighbors, even if we don't always agree on sports teams, politics, or the COVID-19 vaccines. We all have our opinions. Getting vaccinated is your choice, and no one can make your mind up for you. Talk to your health care provider about your questions to help make a decision that's right for you. GetVaccineAnswers.org has the latest information to help you decide. A message brought to you by the Ad Council. We'll see partly cloudy skies for tonight with winds gradually subsiding. Expect a nighttime low of 30. Breezy tomorrow with intervals of clouds and sunshine. We'll reach a high tomorrow of 36. Mostly cloudy skies for tomorrow night with a low of 23. As we start the weekend Saturday, you can expect partly sunny skies. We'll reach a high Saturday of 44. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Economist Jerry Boyer is with us. He's in Orlando, Florida at a convention, the largest gathering of Christian financial advisors all in one place. Jerry, begs the question. So you, oh, we hear the spots here on the station. Of course, you know, and any time you show up at a, at a Christian gathering, there are Christian financial advisors. Uh, you're invested in this, obviously. For, so people have their nest egg and they're thinking, OK, I, I need to go talk to someone about this. Why would you go and speak to a Christian financial advisor as opposed to, you know, the big firms on Wall Street and whatnot? Well, uh, a lot of the big firms on Wall Street actually do have Christian financial advisors who work for them. Really? So, um, uh, yes. And a lot of the groups here, um, like I had a meeting yesterday, I'm not going to mention brand names, okay. but, you know, some of the biggest companies have Christian advisors. And so Christian clients go to those advisors. Interesting. So that you might be, you know, they might be working for XYZ mega bank, uh, but they're getting Christian financial counsel. Um, and that, my guess is that's probably the majority of Christian financial advisors, but a slim majority. And um, a lot of them are on their own or they're part of a, or a, of a Christian firm. Um, I think the main thing is not whether the company you're doing business with is Christian, but whether the counsel, the advice you're getting is Christian. Hmm. Um, so, you know, you might have a doctor uh, that you go to who's your favorite doctor, and they might even share your Christian faith. Or, and maybe they work for Highmark, or maybe they work for UPMC, or maybe they work, you know, it, it almost, it, it's, it's not the health system necessarily that they're part of. You want the right 
doctor for you. And I think the same is true for financial advisors, which begs the question, what's the point of a Christian financial advisor? Yeah. Um, you know, rather than just a financial advisor. And I think that the, the question, like a negative answer to that question, you've asked the question as an open question, but the negative answer to that question assumes that finance is not under the lordship of Christ. Mm. Um, so if finance is not under the lordship of Christ, then what difference does it make mm-hmm. whether your advisor is Christian or not? But if finance is under the lordship of Christ, then somebody who recognizes Christ as Lord and not just personally recognizes that, but recognizes that finance is under Christ as Lord is going to offer different counsel and different advice. For example, they might emphasize generosity more. That's good biblical. The Bible says a lot about generosity. So there are a lot of financial advisors who never bring up the question of giving any any of it away. But a a good Christian financial advisor might not shame you, but might say, Hey, let's talk about giving some of this away. Poor people need it. The church needs it. The kingdom, you know, you you can help fund the kingdom. So that's one of the differences. I think another might be that they're used to dealing with Christians. So that fear factor that we hear a lot from Christians. I know a lot of Christian advisors who've had to develop the skill of dealing with Christian fear, um, which is ungrounded. Now, I just spent the first segment talking about the possibility of a debt crisis. So I'm not saying there's no reason for concern. Mm -hmm. But I think the level of concern needs to be somewhat related to the actual data about the level of risk. I see. And so getting people to be concerned, not fearful, irrationally, is something that I think a Christian financial advisor can do for a Christian. I see. So then just as there is certification and training for all financial advisors, is there another level of certification and training for a Christian financial advisor? Yeah, it's called a certified kingdom advisor. Yeah, I feel like I'm doing a commercial for these folks. I hope they appreciate it. Yeah, kingdom advisors is the group I'm speaking at. I see. Okay. And when someone joins, they they can they can go and get certified as a certified kingdom advisor. And so they're taught biblical principles of finance, which would include generosity, uh, and it includes the idea of budgeting and frugality, uh, and it includes a really important idea that a lot of financial advisors don't want to talk about, which is that God owns it all. God is the owner of everything that you are the owner of because God is the owner of you. Um, And so you got to get that right at the beginning. And if you get that right, you'll tend to get the spending decisions and the fear decisions and the generosity decision right when you get that first principle right. Fabulous. Thank you, Jerry. Jerry, I'm in a very fortunate position because I have a good financial advisor who's also a Christian, so I feel great about that. But I was kind of thinking as you were talking, the, you know, the, the brain surgery principle has to hold, right? Is that, you know, do you want a, do you want a, a neurosurgeon who's a Christian, but eh, not all that good, or do you want a neurosurgeon who's really good who's not a Christian, right? I mean, ideally, yes. you'd like both things. Yes, I, I, that's right. You want to, I think you would prefer a competent Christian, yes. um, and, but maybe, maybe you can't find one because there's a lot of, you know, incompetent Christian services out right. there. I call it sloppy, sloppy agape. Um, <laughs> you just you put a fish on the card and get ready for, right. you know, lousy, you know, quality. But, hey, we're brothers, right? Uh, I think I think that's a problem. And I do think that there's some areas that are maybe a little more neutral than other areas. So I'm not sure that a Christian brain surgeon would do brain surgery differently. Um, Yeah, that's a good good point. um, Yeah. So although I, you know, I like Ben Carson, but let me put it this way to the to the degree that you are a culture in decline 
to that degree, the neutrality principle, the brain surgery principle tends to go down mm -hmm. in the sense that when you're involved with a healthcare apparatus in a culture of advanced corruption, a Christian physician, whether it's brain surgeon or not, might try to find you a good quality of life, whereas somebody else might say, well, listen, it's really not going to be very good for you for the next five years. So have you considered euthanasia? I mean, after all, you're not productive anymore um, and you're not able to really live a full life and you're still consuming scarce resources in this Malthusian world of ours. And so you're seeing that people who are who need some kind of advanced medical care are, are now increasingly in post-Christian cultures yeah. being pushed towards death rather than being pulled towards life. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that brain surgery principle holds less and less as the culture as there's like a memory of of a biblical medical ethic, even among non-Christians, but that memory is fading. Well, what you described, you know, five or 10 years ago was science fiction, but now it's reality in a lot of different places and coming yeah. soon to a state near you. But again, just like what you said before, Jerry, I don't want to leave it on a note where we encourage and people despair. to fear. Yeah. Because that is not what we're called to. That's not the the uh, an accurate reading of the book of Revelation or any other book is that, you know, God will triumph at the end. And so whatever fear you have, we have to couch it in that. Yeah. Yes. And and by the way, I mean, my point about brain surgery or finance or whatever isn't a negative point. It is go get good counsel. Mm -hmm. um, so it is trust people who can be trusted not so that things will go badly, but so that things will go well. And if Christians are really committed to a biblical worldview and excellence, then it can be cultural transformation to do business with highly competent, grounded Christians who are delivering excellence, um, maybe to the degree where people are, who aren't Christians are gravitating towards that because they don't want to be euthanized. Mm -hmm. um, so so someone might be an atheist, but they still want to live, and they don't want someone guilting them for wanting to live, so they might gravitate towards towards um, Christian healthcare providers or Christian. There are a lot of Christian financial advisors who have non-Christian clients. So I think part of the idea of setting up um, specifically Christian providers of, of professional services of all forms isn't like pulling back into retreat mode. To me, it's actually going into... Once there's a distinction, then you can go into forward mode. Then you can go on offense. God, you know, when Jesus said that um, the gates of hell will not, this, up on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Let me remind you, gates are defensive. Mm. Gates never attacked anyone. Uh, gates, are, gates have never been used to gain new territory or to conquer. Gates are where you go when you're under siege. Hell is under siege from heaven. So not, not only in Jesus's analogy are we on the offense and they're on the defense, but in Jesus's analogy, their walls are going to fall like Jericho. It's kind of almost like a hmm. so hell is like Jericho. Um, so I believe that Christians, by being financially wise, win, not lose. This is not a lose less strategy to me. This is by being financially wise. Let's say we have a debt crisis and Christians have their financial act together and other people don't. You know what that means? That means influence. If you're not going to hoard it, if it's if you're using it and preparing for bad times so that you can help during bad times, 
that is a tremendous evangelistic opportunity, a love opportunity, and a cultural transformation opportunity. Mm. Good word. Jerry, thanks as always. We good appreciate to, you. Good to see you, Jerry. Your optimism, your good wisdom, you. your teaching here. It's always a pleasure to have you with us. Thanks so much. Jerry Boyer, he is a host of the podcast Meeting of Minds, author of the book The Maker versus the Takers, what Jesus really said about social justice and economics. You can find Jerry easily on Facebook. Jerry Boyer, that's a B-O-W-Y-E-R. 101.5 WORD. Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music on the weekends. With the best new music. New music. New music from Evan Kraft, Fight on My Knees. Heart from Jeremy Camp. And Fear Is Not My Future, Maverick City Music. Celebrating 20 years of bringing Pittsburgh's favorites and the best new music. 101.5 Word FM on the weekend. Hello? Hey, stranger. Oh, hi. Thank goodness it's you. I was afraid to answer the phone. Why? What's up? The credit card companies are after me. They want me to make payments, and the calls never stop. Ouch. Been there before, but I got help from Trinity Debt Management. Trinity? Yeah. I called, and right away, Trinity contacted my creditors and got my interest rates cut in half. They ended all the late fees and over-limit charges, and they stopped those annoying phone calls. Bet that was a relief. Yep. Then they put me on a plan that consolidated my bills into one easy monthly payment. That way, I paid off my debt fast while saving thousands. Nice. Trinity even showed me how to plan and meet a monthly budget. So now I'm debt free for keeps. Wow. Do you still have their number? Sure. Here, write this down and call 1-800-936-5496. Can you repeat that? 1-800-936-5496. That's 1-800-936-5496. Tens of thousands affected by the toxic water at Camp Lejeune are left with death, cancer, Parkinson's, dementia, birth defects, and other serious illnesses. And along with the harm, so many worries. My family drank the Camp Lejeune water. What if our health gets worse and we need more financial help? How do I protect my VA benefits and get the compensation I deserve and need? The answer is simple. Call James Harris Law, the experienced, trusted law firm that can get you significant compensation while protecting all your VA benefits. We're already fighting for hundreds of Marines, families, and civilians who drank Camp Lejeune water. But if you miss the deadline, you could forever lose your right to the justice you deserve. So call our Camp Lejeune legal helpline now. Now may be your last chance to receive full compensation. Don't delay. Call 800-299-7878. That's 800-299-7878. 800-299-7878. Businesses don't run on automation or algorithms alone. What powers businesses are your people and the people they serve. At Cintas, your dedicated service reps understand what you need to help you keep your employees feeling safe, comfortable, and performing their best. So your business can too. For workwear, essential cleaning products, first aid and safety supplies, and fire protection services, visit Cintas.com. Oh, I'm ready! And get ready for the workday. So in the uh, late 19th century, mm. people ate protein-rich foods for breakfast. Like what do you mean? Like a steak. I don't, 
Yeah, maybe. A burger. Sausage. Really? Bacon. Wake eggs, up and have a little something. That sort of thing. Yeah. And so uh, there was a concern, uh, widely speaking, that people weren't getting enough fiber. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so people came on board and said, okay, we're going to start to, you know, Fiber rich. Introduce some fiber stuff, mm-hmm. right? And fiber was something that was kind of unknown at the time. Um, in 1863, a religiously conservative vegetarian named James Caleb Jackson ran a medical sanitarium in western New York, and he created a breakfast cereal to combat this. Oh, there's a movie about this. Is there? Yeah. Really? Mm, yeah. Okay. Uh, he made it from graham flour dough that was dried and broken into shapes, which he called granula. G-R-A-N-U-L-A. It was so hard it needed to be soaked in milk overnight. Shortly thereafter, John Harvey Kellogg, who Mm. was a surgeon operating a health spa in Michigan, made his own version and called it granola. Battle Creek, Michigan. Mm -hmm. Inspired by the same concept, a patient of Dr. Kellogg's, a person by the name of C.W. Post, created grape nuts. This would go on to become the first ever popular product to offer a discount coupon. Grape nuts. Grape nuts. (laughs) No wonder. Right. So that's where cereal came from. And now, of course, it's a multi-billion dollar industry in America. So I was looking today. The Kiplinger Report has the 19 most popular cereals based on boxes sold. Mm. And so um, I'm going to ask you both your favorite breakfast cereals. And I'm going to tell you if they are mentioned in this guide. Okay. So, Lexi, let's start with you. Give me your uh, favorite breakfast, a couple of your favorite. First of all, are you a regular eater of breakfast cereal. I'm one of those people that will eat cereal, nothing but cereal for like a month and then I won't touch it for another six. I'm kind of one of those people. Cereal Mm. for dinner? Yeah. Like I will eat cereal religiously for like a good couple of weeks and then I'm like, I've gotten my fill. (laughs) Okay. Okay. John, how do you feel about cereal? Um, I can take it or leave it. Yeah. It's a rare thing that I have breakfast cereal. Okay. It's just... Me too. It's not part of my life. Me too. It's a treat for me if I would have it. Every once in a while, I'll have oatmeal, which I think is of superior awesomeness. However, when I do eat it, like have it like like Lexa saying for yeah. dinner, I go, why don't I eat this more it's often? it's so good. It is excellent. It yeah. is so yeah. good. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Lex, if, if it were one of the weeks that you were excited about cereal. <laughs> on the calendar. Yeah. Where I'm hyper fixating on it. Yeah. Uh, what would you be eating? Um... Cinnamon Toast Crunch uh-huh. is so high up there. I, You know, I've never had that, and it doesn't even sound good to me. No, it what? sounds really good. No, it's delicious. Yeah. It's really sugary. It's one of those real sugary cereals. It's well, number uh, five sugar in the most popular cereal really? category. Well, you know, yeah. when we were growing up, That's sugar very high. crisps were like the cereal. Remember right. Sugar Crisp? Yes, I, yes Can't Sugar Crisp. Those sugar crisps. The, was sugar that the crisp? guy with the hat? With he was like a hat. little bear or something like that. Oh, same, yeah. It's the same kind of taste, I think. Okay, I was right? thinking of Corn Pops. Corn pop. Oh, that corn pops. Yeah, yeah I, like I like the corn, corn pop. pops. Anyway, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, 105 million uh, boxes. Yeah. We're sold. I, yeah. So what else do you like? I love that. Um, I love it for the nostalgia of it because I grew up eating it, but Cocoa Puffs, or not mm. Cocoa Puffs, but um, the Cocoa Pebbles. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Mm. Are some of my absolute Cocoa favorite. Cocoa Pebbles, yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, Cocoa Pebbles not on the list. I'm uh, sorry to tell you, shame. it's a top 19. Uh, when we were growing up, our neighbor Tracy um, stuck a Cocoa Pebble up her nose. Her mother panicked and called the fire department. <laughs> and they came and extracted the Cocoa Pebble from her nose. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> is awesome. We thought that was the coolest that thing. Here awesome. comes the fire department. And that... she was standing there crying. <laughs> 
Sorry, Trace. Oh my John, gosh. your favorite cereals, where are you to eat them? Uh, I would eat um, Honey Bunch of Oats. That's a good cereal. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you right now, it's a good cereal. That's um, my number one. It's not one of the top 19. Really? I'm sorry to tell okay. you. If oh, no, wait. It, it was staring me right in the face. I'm sorry, it's number four. Hey, fabulous. Yes, we are number, number four. four. Okay. Yes, and, and uh, Lexi was number five. Okay. If I was like, you know, uh, it was 4 a.m. and I didn't care about the, the, the next day, I would eat a gigantic bowl of Fruit Loops. Fruit Loops? Mm-hmm. I had yeah. no idea. That's number seven. Yeah. There you go. Uh, 91.7 million boxes Excellent. sold. And this is probably not, a, like you said, this is probably not a cereal, but if I was feeling healthy and earnest, I would vie for the oatmeal. Because it's so good. It is good. With I think strawberries so, or blueberries. How about a banana? It's fine. Brown mm-hmm. sugar. Yeah, mm-hmm. Put it on My there. My little milk, some cinnamon. It's excellent. So good. Yeah. I but love th- that. That's if I'm leaning in towards health. Mm-hmm. Which is in direct opposition to the Fruit Loops. If I were going uh, for cereal, number one always, mock me if you will, and I know you will, is Grape Nuts. That's my all-time favorite. I don't know how you swallowed so those things. Good. This knot. You, you it's a mouthful of gravel. Because you don't eat them dry. It doesn't matter. You, you eat c- them in yogurt, you and could- they become magically delicious Gee, in what, yogurt. What was that guy's name? The, the old guy who was always pitching those things? I don't know. Uh, you know, it's like one of those health food, like Yule Gibbons. Yule Gibbons. You don't, don't know remember Yule Gibbons? No, I don't know Yule Gibbons. Oh, yeah. Hi, this is Yule Gibbons. For, for that. <laughs> I love grape and nuts. He was like, you know, 107 and looked like the picture of health. See, that's because of, of the grape right, nuts. Right, exactly. I love grape nuts. I also love Special K. Spe- pinch an inch. Can you pinch more than an inch, right? Special K is number 12 <laughs> on the list of the top 19. Mm-hmm. I think of that pinch an inch and I go, Johnny, how about two inches? <laughs> We'll pinch more than that. All right, you want to know, starting at 19. Tell me. Cornflakes. Oh, yeah. 18, Apple Jacks. Mm. 17, Captain Crunch's Crunch Berries. Oh, uh, Captain Crunch, uh, a late night treat. 16, Raisin Brand Crunch. Mm. 15, Reese's Puffs. <laughs> 14, Special K Red Berries, which are uh-huh. supreme. Mm. Uh, 13, Rice Krispies. Mm. 12, Special K. 11 raisin bran. It doesn't say whether it's post or. There is a difference. I think, I believe post is much better than Kellogg's. Sorry, Kellogg's. Uh, number 10, Fruity Pebbles. Number nine, Life. Life? Which oh, I think yeah, has sure, a sure. delicious texture. Yeah, yeah. When mm-hmm. it's in milk. No, yeah. not for me. Lexi hates life. No, I love the texture I would eat life. of life. Yeah, I yeah. like life. Is that like wheat checks yeah. or like uh, mm-hmm. corn checks? Corn checks. Rice kind checks, of. that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. I like life. Uh, number eight, frosted mini wheats, which we haven't discussed. Oh, I love a frosted mini wheat. Yeah, of course. I love the, the, Those are the super tiny ones, right? Yeah. Or that's the frosted mini wheat. Mm-hmm. Uh, how, right. How about yeah. the big thing? The, the, that, what's that called? Frosted nothing wheat. Nothing frosted. That's just called frosted wheat. Oh, and there is the regular wheat, which, which is, is like, what am I doing that? That's it's like appalling. a submarine Ex- in your head. <laughs> Seven Fruit Loops, mm. six Lucky Charms, mm. five oh. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Do you remember Lucky Charms when they first came out? It was like a miracle. How could they have marshmallows in cereal? I mean, Something. I sucked my mom into that, and she was all of a sudden like, you're eating marshmallows for breakfast? Uh, that's gone. It was like a one and done. Right, because, of course, that's the least no, nutritious way to start your day. Number four, Honey Boaches of Oats, three Frosted Flakes, yeah. two Honey Nut Cheerios, and number one? Plain Cheerios. Number one, Number plain one, Cheerios. 139 million boxes. Uh huh. Okay. I mean, you can't, I really, how can you argue with any of this? I don't think, right? you, listen, regular Cheerios with fresh blueberries mm-hmm. in milk and just a little bit of sugar on That's top. That's fine. That's oh, very good. The best cereals are like that, like sort of like a palate that you, you add, add your add own to, thing to. Right. Yeah. I'm with you on that. Reverse mortgages. 
Perceptually, those words were kind of bad words for a while. And still today, in many cases, it's not the perfect fit. But without a doubt, today's reverse mortgage program, now insured by the federal government, is night and day different from that of old. If you or someone you love is over the age of 62 and can't afford to retire, today's reverse mortgage program can be life-changing. This new option does not require you to give up ownership of your home, it will not leave your heirs with debt, and it can provide you with lifetime monthly payments from the value of your home, or even a cash-out option. At United Faith Mortgage, our commitment is to clearly lay out all the details for you or your parents' specific case, and then only take on cases where it's clearly obvious to everyone involved that this is a no-lose situation. If you're curious what it would look like for you or someone you love, we are United Faith Mortgage. Call for free information on reverse loans. United Mortgage Corp. Melbourne, New York. NMLS number 1330. Pennsylvania Department of Banking and Securities. Mortgage Lender License 22672. This is an important notice to consumers facing $10,000 or more in credit card debt, medical bills, or other unsecured debt. You may not be required to pay it all back because there are special programs now in effect that will significantly reduce the amount you will owe if you qualify. This is not bankruptcy or a debt consolidation loan. These programs, which the credit card companies like to keep secret, exist to aid American consumers struggling with overwhelming credit card debt by offering tremendous savings and real debt relief. Accredited Debt Relief has established a special hotline for you to call and learn what savings you qualify for. They've helped qualify consumers with over a billion dollars in debt and are A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau. So don't wait. Get the relief you need during these hard economic times. For this free information, call the Accredited Debt Relief Hotline now. Call 800-786-2300. 800-786-2300. That's 800-786-2300. Let's be real. Retirement is expensive, and inflation is making it even harder with the cost of everything going up from pet food to a dozen eggs. Wouldn't it be great if the cost of your health care could go down? Well, MediShare 65 Plus is $99 a month for ages 65 to 74. And for many with Medicare Parts A and B, looking at other options, that's 50% or more saved per month. No gimmicks. It's $99 a month, and you can use any Medicare-approved doctor or facility, and you get 24-7 access to telehealth from the convenience of your home. Better yet... MediShare is a Christian nonprofit organization. It's a community that will pray for you and encourage you. And since we've cut out the middleman, you get to keep the savings. Call now. You can learn more about MediShare 65+. Here's the number. 833-SHARE-55. That's 833-SHARE-55. 833-SHARE-55. J.K. Rowling is back in the news. Uh, she's now part of a, a, a podcast called The Witch Trials of J.K. Rowling. The first two episodes of the podcast series were released on Tuesday of this week. And she says uh, during the episode one that her husband, her former husband, emotionally and physically abused her in the early 1990s using their daughter and her Harry Potter manuscript to coerce her to not leave the marriage. Now, the, uh, What do you mean by the hair? The uh, the manuscript? Yeah, what do you mean by the manuscript? Well, she was writing the manuscript. She was writing the book at the time she was married. Okay. So she would she would write the book. He knew it was very valuable to her, so he took the manuscript and kept it under lock and key. That's horrible. So she, realizing this, would sneak out when she would go to work in the morning, a few pages at a time, what she had just written, go to work in this office which she worked at, 
copy them on the office copier, store the copies at her work, take back the originals, sneak those back in until finally she had the completed manuscript. Um, she said that really the tipping point was the birth of her daughter in 1993. Now, her former husband admitted in 2020 uh, with a British tabloid that uh, he was abusive in the marriage, although he said he was not physically abusive. Um, she described, J.K. Rowling in the podcast, her sense of isolation and lack of control during the marriage. He said, I didn't even have a key to my front door. He controlled the front door. Wow. Um, now, of course, the books famously have sold 500 million copies. But she, J.K. Rowling, is under oh, yeah. media scrutiny by her former fans right. because they and call her. A lot her, of people who were in her movies. Yep, they call her transphobic. And so these these episodes of the Witch Trials of J.K. Rowling, which is available where podcasts are, goes into that deeper and her views on her so-called legacy. The Witch Trials of J.K. Rowling. Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker too. Plus iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh. Choice in your health care. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg was in East Palestine, Ohio, site of the toxic chemical train derailment. Buttigieg asked if he waited too long to publicly express concern for the community. The answer to your question is yes. I felt strongly about this and uh, could have expressed that sooner. Again, I was taking pains to respect the, the role that I have and the role that I don't have, but that should not have stopped me from weighing in about how I felt about what was happening to this community. The February 3rd derailment led to evacuations and fears of air and water contamination after a controlled burn of toxic chemicals. Opponents of New Orleans Mayor LaToya Cantrell rushed 10 boxes of petitions into City Hall on Wednesday and declared they do have enough signatures to force a recall of the second-term mayor. The Dow is ahead 57 points and the NASDAQ up 70. This is SRN News. Wouldn't it be great to work in a place that makes a positive impact on the people, businesses, and churches around you? That place exists. I know because I work there. My name is Cassie, and I'm the digital marketing specialist with Salem Media Group in Pittsburgh. Right now, 101.5 Word FM and Salem Surround have an opening for one talented salesperson to join our team. Is that you? We'll bring the training. You just bring the talent. An understanding of digital marketing and some direct sales experience will definitely help you stand out. What are you waiting for? Take the first step to a career that is challenging, rewarding, and helps to create terrific results for our amazing customers. Join the sales team at Salem Media Group Pittsburgh. Email your resume to brad.marshall at salempittsburgh.com. That's brad.marshall at salempittsburgh.com. Salem Media Group is an equal opportunity employer. Late summer this year, you can join Alistair Begg on a fascinating Mediterranean cruise. Our journey together will end in Venice, once home to some of the brightest Christian writers and theologians of history. Venice was the backdrop for faith-shaping ideas and serious conversations around the scriptures. It's the perfect place for us to celebrate all that God has done and to rejoice in the new friends that we've made. 
during our incredible Mediterranean cruise. Join Alistair Begg for a once-in-a-lifetime Mediterranean cruise. Immerse yourself in the wonder of some of the world's most famous cathedrals, museums, and works of art. We'll be sailing on Norwegian Cruise Line's newest ship, the luxurious Viva. For details, log on to deeperfaithcruise.com. Then call 855-565-5519 to join. 855-565-5519. Inspiration Cruises and Tours is a trusted partner of Salem Media Group. Rayma Christian School is a private school in Moon Township serving children in preschool through eighth grade. Recognized for its commitment to a biblically integrated curriculum that nurtures a Christian worldview and academic excellence, Rayma aims to develop the whole child spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally, and socially. Rayma is a true community of families who desire to raise up the next generation of godly leaders, also offering programs for homeschool families. Accepting enrollment now for the current school year and opening soon for the 2023-24 school year. Visit RaymaChristianSchool.org. Take as little as three minutes to see if you could save on motorcycle insurance with Progressive. Come on, you've spent more time than that debating your accessories. Could use some new riding gloves. Guess I'll go with black leather again. Ah, it just seems so basic. Wait, what if I did white leather? People be like, hey, this guy's different. Or they might be like, hey, this guy looks like a butler. Yeah, okay. Black leather it is. Get a quote in as little as three minutes at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. We'll see partly cloudy skies for tonight with winds gradually subsiding. Expect a nighttime low of 30. Breezy tomorrow with intervals of clouds and sunshine. We'll reach a high tomorrow of 36. Mostly cloudy skies for tomorrow night with a low of 23. As we start the weekend Saturday, you can expect partly sunny skies. We'll reach a high Saturday of 44. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good evening. Thanks for being with us here today. An absolutely beautiful day across western Pennsylvania. It's really interesting. I mean, you've been reading the paper, and they're saying, you know, massive winter storm. And here we are in the lap of luxury. I mean, this is as beautiful a day as you can possibly get. In mid-February. I'm opening up my weather app. Mm -hmm. Um, The high today, of course, was in the low 70s. Uh, Tomorrow, the high is going to be 37. Mm -hmm. Okay. So make hay while you can, right? 37. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. Now, the high Saturday, 47. The high Sunday, 53. Monday, 53. See, Phil so was wrong. Phil was totally wrong. Yep. Are we surprised that the rodent was incorrect? No, he's only, it's only correct 40% of the time. Heck, a, toy, a, a coin flip is better, mm-hmm. right? Okay, I saw this today in uh, Christianity Today. Um, there is talk in Turkey uh, where Turkish Christians are pleading, do not come to Turkey and distribute Bibles. Just do not do this. So it's a very interesting article. Um, they're saying that evangelists from around the world are now flooding into Turkey. Well-meaning as they may be, uh, Turkish authorities are saying, please don't come here. Locals authorities are responding by saying, we do not want help from the church. Uh, this is a Turkish man, Elias Uar, says, this is not the way of Jesus. It is opportunistic and does not work. We say we are Christians for all the time, but it is disgusting to connect our suffering to your aid. 
The Protestant Association of Turkey has been hard at work to establish guidelines. Last week, after expressing a debt of gratitude to all who have prayed and given support and relief, it has issued six directives. And alongside the prohibition of Bibles and evangelistic material was a basic request to work with the local church to navigate Turkish sensitivities. Because mm. I would imagine, of course, mm-hmm. Turkey is a hotbed of religious sure. sex creeds uh, of Christianity being, of course, one of those. Um, they're saying, please don't do this. It, it's a wake-up call, I believe, because I think oftentimes well-meaning Christian aid organizations will rush in and upset the local sensibilities, probably push out smaller aid organizations, and then at the same time raise money with videos and photos mm-hmm. on their behalf saying, look, this is what's happening, please help, and then take a portion of that money for their own support needs. Yeah, that's a bad look. It's a bad look to do that. I, I, I think it's one of those things that probably has a good intention, behind it most likely most likely has you don't a good want to be in, most likely it has a good intention and it just ends up uh in the end right just being unhelpful what did jerry just call it sloppy agape sloppy agape <laughs> i never heard that before no, i'm gonna use good. it all the time very nice sloppy agape. i love so. it so much yeah so of course you want to help right you see the suffering and the devastation in turkey and syria and again well-meaning people of course believers wanting to do the right thing and help people but mm-hmm. you have to be very careful uh who you choose to partner with That's right uh, on yesterday's show uh in this hour we talked about issues related to men and women in the workplace and just men and women being judged differently in the workplace and i said when i was thinking about it last night that i felt like i maybe was kind of a little bit of a whiner um you assured me that i wasn't which i, 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 believe you were. I appreciate uh but i did think of something it came into my head when you were discussing your friend tracy <laughs> just a few minutes ago. My childhood friend. Yeah. From now, many, many years now ago. Now, for people who weren't listening to the program, Tracy came up on the air. Why? We were just talking about breakfast cereals. And someone, oh, Lex said Cocoa Puffs. And, of course, anytime anybody mentions Cocoa Puffs, I think about our neighbor, Tracy. We were little kids. I mean, I was probably, you know, six, seven, eight years old, somewhere in that ballpark. And Tracy, one day, you know, as kids want to do, stuck a Cocoa Puff up her nose. And, of course, she panicked and cried. Her mother panicked and called the fire department. And then the fire department shows up with sirens and lights and lots of excitement. There probably were, you know, 10 or 12 of us neighborhood kids. We were jumping up and down. The firemen came in and they were like, you know, where's the fire? And then Tracy's moms had to say, no, that my child has a Cocoa Puff stuck up her nose. And, and the fireman is like, this is why I came into this profession. Right. And so, and I'm sure this was pre-Heimlich maneuver. <laughs> I don't know if Heimlich works in the nose. I don't know. But somehow the, the dear fireman saved the day and they extracted said Cocoa Puff out of Tracy's nose. Now, she be, that became folklore in my neighborhood. I mean, we all looked at Tracy like, man, you know, if we could just have the fire department come to our house, that'd be so cool. But, you know, so that was like social standing for her. Oh, she was like the queen, not of the day of like, you know, the decade, you know, you know, probably in high school, we would bring it up. Oh, Trace, you know, the Cocoa Puff Tracy. So my husband and I are on a plane coming back from Nashville yeah. a couple of days ago. And um, I shared the story that while we were all getting established, you know, people moving into the plane and stowing their baggage mm-hmm. and such, the, the, the rather large man in front of me got into his seat directly in front of me and stretched, you know, like just trying to get comfortable in the seat. And as he did that, he broke his chair. Mm. It's kind of like John Candy. (laughs) He wasn't that big. Okay. He was just a tall guy. He was a big guy, right? 
There's nowhere for a tall person to go on an airplane. No. Anyway, he broke the chair. Well, the, well, when he broke the chair, he fell into my lap because the chair gave way. He fell backward into me. You are was, so fortunate. You weren't I know. Injured. I could have been really hurt. Heck yeah, you could. Anyway, it was a shocking moment for everybody. Anyway, it turned into this big thing about what the airline was going to do about the chair Mm -hmm. because of course he couldn't sit in the chair and so they were concerned about my safety which i appreciated and the chair was unstable i said just put some duct tape you know put the chair forward duct tape it together and then just be done with it now you're a chair mechanic well i I just we ended up sitting on the tarmac for two hours while they figured out what to do about you know what they ended up doing Hmm. putting duct tape around the chair Ah. so you didn't need a chair genius to figure it out anyway the bottom line is, while all this was going on, the uh, flight attendants were coming on the intercom to say, thank you all for being so patient. I'm sorry this is going on. Mm-hmm. So anyway, one of them came on, uh, went up front, and she said, hi, my name is Tracy. And I just I want to thank puff stuck no, up my nose. No. But I want to thank you for being so patient. And as soon as we get an airline mechanic on the uh, aircraft to assess the problem and decide what to do, we'll be able to take off. Mm, okay. It's fine. So uh, the airline mechanic comes, all these things happen. Well, then Tracy comes back on the intercom, intercom yeah. and says, hi, this is Tracy, your captain. What? We're going to be taking off in five minutes. We've received clearance. So you thought it was a flight attendant. I thought it was a flight attendant. Tracy was the pilot. Okay, so she went from like meh to like hero status. But here's the thing. You know what I thought? Huh. Tracy? Is Tracy old enough to be a captain? Oh, like oh. Tracy doesn't sound like a cat. Tracy sounds like the girl who got the coca puff stuff stuck in her nose. Yeah. Tracy doesn't sound like the pilot who's going to fly us to Pittsburgh. Well, why would you think? Just based on name alone? That's what I'm. You're saying. You're biased. I'm biased. My own self. The Tracy bias. Right. So what I said yesterday about how fat that people are biased. I'm biased in the same way. Uh, <laughs> I mis I misjudged Tracy. <laughs> that poor Tracy. She's probably done that all her life. She right? did a fine job. Right. Flying us I'm from sure Dulles she, to Pittsburgh International. So that's interesting. So when, like, like, like you see, like you meet someone, her name's Candy. That doesn't right? seem like someone who should be a CEO of a Fortune 500 company. But I'm sure there are, right? Right. Or what about, hi, my name's Cookie. Cookie? Do you know the Cookie? Sure, my someone cousin co- Cookie. It's a real legal name? It's not a real legal name. It's what everybody calls her. Really? Hey, Cook. Right. Cookie. I mean, so do you, do you think Cookie is a mechanical engineer? Probably could be. She could be, except does that sound like a mechanical right, engineer? Right. And do you think Tracy sounds like the captain of the yeah, aircraft? Yeah, I don't have a problem with Tracy. Okay. Yeah. I'm not saying I have a problem it, with it. Is there a guy equivalent to Tracy? Trace? No, Trey? like, you know, you would think, you, know, oh, you thought less of. Oh, oh right. right be- because Tracy Skippy? sounded like a little. <laughs> Skippy. <laughs> Skip. How about Boss? Here. I told you about my neighbor. His kid always calls me Boss. I'm like, please don't call me Boss. What about Timmy? Timmy, well, you wouldn't call. It. I don't think so. I mean, you, you, you could call. Hi, this is a your man, pilot, Timmy. Timmy. Then and, would you say, wait a minute? <laughs> yeah, hold on. So I'm ringing that little bell. Uh-huh. Hey, Tim, are you sure? Yeah, right. Did you go to what school exactly. of aviation? Exactly. Exactly. Timmy's here. Timmy, the intern here. Word That's FM. what I thought. That of. poor guy's been stuck here forever. Forever. I mean, Tim. Plus, he's got scoliosis because he lived in his parents' basement for so long. Tim, he's a good guy, though. He is a good guy. He does try hard, yeah. but he is Timmy. He is. Right. He he gets in touch with me a little too often. So the bias. I think the bias is real, and I think it's in all of us. Mm-hmm. And I just want to take a moment to salute Tracy. God bless you, Trace. All right, what are we coming back to? Oh.
It's the one-year anniversary tomorrow of the Ukraine-Russian war. We'll talk with the guest next. 101.5 WORD. The station with Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music every weekend. With the best new music. New music. New music from Bill Wickham. This is our God. First Things First by Consumed by Fire. First Things First. And that's enough. Brandon Heath. Celebrating 20 years of bringing Pittsburgh's favorites and the best new music. 101.5 WORD. On the weekend. Hello? Hey, stranger. Oh, hi. Thank goodness it's you. I was afraid to answer the phone. Why? What's up? The credit card companies are after me. They want me to make payments, and the calls never stop. Ouch. Been there before, but I got help from Trinity Debt Management. Trinity? Yeah. I called, and right away, Trinity contacted my creditors and got my interest rates cut in half. They ended all the late fees and over-limit charges, and they stopped those annoying phone calls. Bet that was a relief. Yep. Then they put me on a plan that consolidated my bills into one easy monthly payment. That way, I paid off my debt fast while saving thousands. Nice. Trinity even showed me how to plan and meet a monthly budget. So now, I'm debt-free for keeps. Wow. Do you still have their number? Sure. Here, write this down and call 1-800-990-6976. Can you repeat that? 1-800-990-6976. That's 1-800-990-6976. Oil investments involve a high degree of risk and actual results may vary. Oil and natural gas keep going up as the Russia conflict escalates. Get in on the next major oil boom now and help the U.S. with your patriotic investment that can potentially pay you monthly income for up to 20 or more years. That's the sound of a producing oil well and the sound of a smart investment. If you're an SEC-accredited investor and have at least 25000 liquid now, you can take advantage of Encore Energy's projects and a huge tax savings for this year. If you invest in oil and natural gas, you're allowed to write off nearly 100% of your investment in the first year. Goldman Sachs is projecting oil to go up to $100 a barrel, and natural gas is the fuel of the future and trading at record prices. Call 800-287-6691. Encore Energy is a major investor and experienced operator in its core area of operations. Call now and learn how to deduct 100% of your investment and create 20 or more years of potential monthly income. Call 800-287-6691. That's 800-287-6691. Is your school a true partner in your child's education? They should be. Pittsburgh's Christian schools agree. If you're looking for a safe environment where kids can learn, challenge, and grow with highly qualified teachers who are not only caring but accessible, where academic excellence goes hand-in-hand with character development. Consider Christian education. Right now, local Christian schools are offering half-price tuitions for first-time enrollees, like Eden Christian Academy in the North Hills. Visit wordfm.com slash tuitions. Sarah Zylstra is back with us. See, I was concerned about pronouncing Zylstra, and I screwed up Sarah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> happens, it happens. Sarah's here, senior writer and faith and work editor for the Gospel Coalition, also co-author of Gospel Bound, Living with Resolute Hope in an Anxious Age. Sarah, we're glad you're back. Thanks so much for having me. It's our pleasure, Sarah. So you're here to talk about the one-year anniversary of the Ukraine-Russian war. Is, is that tomorrow? Yes, it is tomorrow. It is February 24 has been one year since Russian missiles and tanks rolled into Ukraine. Holy smokes. Um, That's hard to believe. Yep. 
It is hard to believe. It seems uh, so fast and so long ago at the same time, doesn't it? It yeah. sure does. Um, and of course, uh, you know, we're so uh, disconnected from it. Um, you know, we have we have a friend who's a pastor who will send us updates and photos from time to time. But uh, y- y- the destruction and the upheaval that's happened in Ukrainians' lives are, are just unimaginable. Yes, and sometimes. So I've been researching this for the Gospel Coalition because the question I'm asking whenever something super dark like this happens is, where is God? Mm-hmm. How could he possibly let this happen? This seems insane. Like, what a terrible, horrific occurrence. Why didn't God stop this? Um, I don't know if your listeners are asking that, but I certainly was. And so I started looking into that. And i got to tell you, I'd, I'd love to tell you a couple of stories because um, he is there and I have I found where he is working. Oh, fabulous. Mm. Oh, I want to hear um, the story. Okay, I'll tell you, I've got a couple of them for you. One of them, there's a pastor, within the, uh, the first couple of days, Russia grabbed, as you know, probably a whole swath of Ukraine, the kind of that borderland that touches Russia. And in those cities that were there, there were some Christian, evangelical Christian churches inside there. And one had a pastor named Alexander. And he said as soon as his area was captured, he started driving people, he would started driving, right? So he would drive to the free area with people from his church. He had a pretty large church with a lot of young families. He'd drive them out. He'd get some food and come back in. And then he would just keep going back and forth over the border until one day they wouldn't let him pass anymore. And a couple days after that, they came to his house and asked him to come to the police station with them. And when they dropped a bag over his head, he knew he was in trouble. Mm. So they beat him for a couple of days he said, I couldn't figure out why they what they wanted, um, except for the language they were using with him. They kept telling him things like, we won't let you live here. There will only be one church here. The Russian Orthodox Church is the only right way. You can't be here. Um, and so, and later started accusing him of working with the West, which is what a lot of Russian troops did with a lot of um, evangelical pastors there. Accused them of working with Americans. Um, they beat him, his whole body, broke his left arm, and he said, I can remember sitting in a cell and praying. He's like, I know that God let let um, Daniel out, from, saved him from the lion's den. He let Peter out of prison. Um, like, there, I know that he can do this, so God, please let me out. And he said, I couldn't feel any response from God. It felt like God was silent, and it was the worst feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, he ended up getting so sick from being beaten that they took him to the hospital. And a few weeks after a few weeks of recovery, he got to go home. And he said, while I was sitting at home recovering, it dawned on me that God did answer my prayer. Mm. He physically saved me from that place. So even when it felt like God was silent and I was sitting in a vacuum, God was still there. And what a lesson for us that even when it feels like God is silent, that doesn't mean he's not working Mm. and it doesn't mean he's not saving us. Um, So that's one of my stories. Are you ready for another one? Yep. Okay. There's a girl named Tess, and she actually works for the Gospel Coalition's Ukrainian website, which we launched within the last year. Um, and when she lives right next to Kiev. So that when that first wave came through, they came and they were aiming for Kiev right off the bat. They came right through her town. And she said, we didn't know what to do at first. You know, we just hung up heavy blankets on the windows, figuring, I guess, the glass will break and this will keep it from coming into the house. Um, they went to the grocery stores. But boy, if you think that Americans in a snowstorm will buy out a grocery store, um, picture a war coming, and the mm. grocery stores were just totally wiped out. But this is so interesting. Her grandma had lived through World War II, in which Poland 
maybe you don't remember, but was carved up between Soviet Russia and Germany. And so her grandma, who lived through that, always kept like extra food, non-perishables on hand. So they had enough to eat. She started baking bread for the, you know, church. She didn't know what else to do. Eventually, she and her mom ended up leaving, and they were refugees for a couple of months. And then they came back, and she said, and she was texting with her boyfriend, who had joined the Ukrainian army the next day. I think all those boys who joined the United States Army the day after 9-11. Mm-hmm. He did that, the same thing. And she said she was texting with him one weekend in October, and he didn't text back. And she was like, no big deal. There's The cell phone connections are a disaster. Um, but she kept messaging him, and four days later, his friend called and said, you can stop texting because he, he's not going to answer you. He's been killed in action. And she said mm-hmm. she just fell into the deepest pit of despair. She's young. They were planning to get married. Um, Her whole future is gone. The person she loves most in the world is gone. She's like, I couldn't eat. I couldn't sleep. I didn't read my Bible. I was furious with God. And she said, I couldn't really talk to the people in my church about it because number one, it hurt like crazy to talk about. But number two, four other members of her church have been killed in action and 14 are in the army. So this is a church where they are all so wounded and raw and right next to the action. She almost felt, she just feels like she couldn't even talk about it. So she said I, she lived in that kind of pit of, of anger and despair for probably like five to six weeks. And then she said, one day I just prayed and I just said, God, I know you have love and peace for me. Please let me feel it. And she fell asleep crying. And when she woke up, she just felt renewed. She's like, I felt like God was with me. I could feel his spirit with me. Um, I I went back to work. I went back to church. I went back to volunteering, all the things I had done before. It's just like God picked her up in the place when she was really at her darkest. Mm. Um, which is a beautiful story. Can I tell you one more? Yes, we'd love to hear. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Um, I love this one. Okay. So there is a guy who grew up in Ukraine. He's Ukrainian. His name is Alexander. Everybody is there. I feel like his name is Alexander. Yes. Um, So he said when he, he, he was a Christian, he wanted to go into mission work. And when he was looking at the countries around there, there's just a lot of need. Because of all the former Soviet countries, Ukraine is like, for some reason, in God's providence, it's like the Bible Belt. They have the most Christians. They have the most churches. They have the most seminaries. um, They're the most theologically solid. So when you're looking at that area, there's a lot of places you can go. He went to Poland. And he said he worked there and worked there. And he had a church of about 20 people. And he said during COVID, that actually got to about 40. And that packed out his space because churches there are that small. And that's how small their spaces are, too. So he said when this happened in Ukraine, um, as Russia pushes in from one end, geographically, um, Poland's on the other side. So if you're going to run away from Russia, you're running toward Poland. There had been more than 9 million border crossings of Ukrainians coming into Poland. Some stay for a while and leave. About a million and a half are still there. And he said, my church, I went, so it was like crazy with refugee help. He said, the Polish, you can even see God in the common grace of, he's like, the, the Poles love to help. They remember what it was like in that World War II when nobody was there for mm-hmm. them. They said at one, he said, at one point in time, there were more Polish people with cars waiting at the border to receive Ukrainians than there were Ukrainians coming across oh the border. Oh my gosh. Isn't that insane? That's fabulous. He said, it's amazing. And so he said, my church exploded with growth. 
said, there is not a church in Poland that does not have a Ukrainian family in it. Mm. He said, what an encouragement for us. He said, the war is a terrible, horrible thing, but this is changing the map in terms of Christianity, at least in Poland and in these other countries where they land as well, hmm. where they are bringing the gospel with them to these border countries and places where they land. They're just like those missionaries. I think about Jerusalem in the early days of the early church when persecution sent them out. And in so many ways, it feels like persecution here is terrible, but boy, the Ukrainian church that's scattering around Europe is bringing Jesus with them. Wow. Sarah, those are three terrific stories. Where is God in the midst of this? I mean, you've just answered that question. I I think oftentimes we think of, you know, God as the blanket over all of this, that, you know, God Mm -hmm. could end this war right now. That's kind of what we're expecting. But here, this woven tapestry of God in the mix of all these things, I mean, it does give you hope for the future. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Fabulous. He is still at work. Yep. Wait, so uh, Sarah, you, you talked about um, the, the, the Gospel Coalition, of, of course, which you're part of, has started a Ukrainian edition. Tell us that. Yes. So this past year, we actually started a Ukrainian edition and a Russian edition, um, and which is so fascinating because the God is also at work in Russia. Um, do we have time for a Russia story? Yeah. yeah. Have time? Okay. <laughs> Okay, so there's a pastor who's in Russia. He's in Moscow. And I talked to him like, hey, you know, you're in such a weird position. He said when he just cried, he said, when when we first invaded, I just cried and cried and cried. Um, And in my prayers, I'm weeping for the Ukrainian people because these are like, you know, their, their languages are similar. They've got so much similar history. He does a lot of work. The, the Christians in Ukraine and Russia do a lot of work together. So he, the cuts went deep here. And some, when Russia invaded some Ukrainians, if you couldn't, if you were all like kind of already behind those front lines, you couldn't run out the Poland direction. You ran out the Moscow direction. And some of them stayed in Moscow but a lot of them, um, he was hauling them to like give them some food and money and bring them to the border, and then they could escape to some other countries through there. Wow. Um, the tr- he's got a, a couple unique challenges. One is, of course, that the banks got shut down right away, so he couldn't get any outside funding. So he said we, we, it was impossible for us to give financial help to people after a little while. Their, his, their economy is, is not doing very well. All their, their um, his personal budget for his family, he said, is down by 50 percent. But so he's so he's working with refugees. But he said, um, our church is growing. And he said, we, I've got the weirdest church because he's got people in the church who work as government officials and people who really hate what the government is doing. He's got women in his church whose husbands are fighting in the Russian army. And he said in September, I don't know if you remember when Russia conscripted a whole bunch of people into the army. Yes, yes. A lot of guys fled because they were like, I can't, especially Christians, they were like, we can't do this. This is an immoral war. Um, and so they fled. So he, here's a church that has got women whose husbands fled and women whose husbands are fighting. They're trying to support all these Christians. He said there's also in those areas that were, that are Russian occupied, everybody left. And the Christians who are left are the most needy, the oldest, the poorest, the ones who literally, you know, they could find no way to leave. And so he's trying to kind of backfill in there and help there. There's just so much need that he sees. But he said, all I do, I have this church of all these people. I'm preaching the gospel. Like, all I can do is preach the gospel, preach the gospel, preach the gospel. And he said, our church is growing like crazy. 
Um, he said, um, many Sundays now we have twice as many visitors as we have members at our church. There are people, they're just, you know, when you're, when your society is all shaken up, especially young men or mothers, like, you know, death is so close to them, much closer than it's been before. And they're asking a lot of questions and they're searching for the Lord. And he's got 200 people in his membership class right now. And so he's seeing so much fruit of the spirit. And yet it's also such a, uh, such a tragic time to be there. One here, I'll leave you with this is what he said. He said, I've my whole life. I've been praying for, spiritual renewal inside of Russia. And he said, I never thought I'd see it in my lifetime. But he said, I know that before revival comes repentance and your pride has to be crushed. Mm. That I can see that happening to us now. And I'm more hopeful than I've ever been that I will, I will live to see a Russian revival of Christianity. Wow. 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 Can Sarah. you share his name, Sarah? Yes. Yes. His name is Evgeny Batmutsky. And I will tell you this, both of those all the stories that I told you will be up on the Gospel Coalition tomorrow. So okay. if your readers are okay, interested great. in like, what was that again? They will be on the front page of the Gospel Coalition website tomorrow. Outstanding. Four great stories of how God is at work in the Ukraine-Russian war. Sarah, thanks an awful lot. I mean, seriously, those stories, mm-hmm. you made my day. You gave you some hope. Yeah, here. I agree. <laughs> Truly, you did. Good. Always a pleasure. Thanks, Sarah. The Gospel Coalition website, easy to find, filled with great writers, storytellers, like you just heard, with the gospel of Jesus Christ in the middle. Of course, the Gospel Coalition. Thanks, Sarah. Paid for by Christian Care Ministry. Let's see, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that's MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save the typical family 500 bucks a month And that's huge, but it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century, and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want to plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes. A very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. 844-47-BIBLE. That's 844-47-BIBLE. 844-47-BIBLE. What if I told you you can save a baby's life for just $28? Well, it's true. Preborn is a ministry doing just that with the help of people like you by offering free ultrasound sessions to pregnant girls and women who otherwise might choose to end their pregnancy. We know that pregnant girls and women who can see their babies on ultrasound are far more likely to choose life. Your gift today can save babies' lives. Just $28 can give a mother the chance to see the truth of the baby that is growing inside her. $140 can do this for five girls and women. Whether you want to save one baby or five or hundreds, that opportunity is just a click or phone call away. Call 833-850-BABY. That's 833-850-2229. Or you can do it safe and secure online by clicking on the preborn banner 
at wordfm.com. Bachman's Roofing and Solar is your local award-winning roofer. Stop waiting. It's time to inspect your roof and protect your home's number one asset. With no interest and no payment financing for 12 months, Bachman's Roofing is your easy choice for roofing, gutters, and solar. Did you know Bachman's Roofing is one of the number one GAF solar integrated roofing installers in the USA? Go with Bachman's. Go with solar and install the roof that pays for itself. Call 412-744-8390 or visit bachmansroofing.com. Discover the magnificence of the Mediterranean with Alistair Bay and our trusted partner, Inspiration Cruises and Tours. Nine life-changing days of powerful worship, Bible study, and history. Sign up now, deeperfaithcruise.com. We are everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. We'll see partly cloudy skies for tonight with winds gradually subsiding. Expect a nighttime low of 30. Breezy tomorrow with intervals of clouds and sunshine. We'll reach a high tomorrow of 36. Mostly cloudy skies for tomorrow night with a low of 23. As we start the weekend Saturday, you can expect partly sunny skies. We'll reach a high Saturday of 44. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. makes sense. Does what make sense? The convertible. The convertible. On this beautiful day in western Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. I saw three of them. Did you? With the tops yep. down? Uh-huh. Yeah. Some had the windows up while uh, with the tops down. Cut down some on the had, yeah, Some yeah. had the uh, windows down as well. When I was a young boy, my oldest sister had a red... Chevy Impala two-door convertible. Wow. Man. Was that a cool car then? Oh, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. I would drive in that car. It was a white interior. Oh. I mean, I thought it was like king of the world mm-hmm. riding that car. As a practicality, especially here in Western Pennsylvania, I don't think it makes a whole lot of sense. And it's a little exposed. Like, right, that guy, there's that guy in the convertible. Exactly. So I want it to make sense. But for me personally, I probably would never have one. I like my sunroof. Mm-hmm. It's sort of a mini convertible. But I appreciate people who have the moxie to have a convertible. Mm-hmm. For me personally, I'd say no. Does it make sense to you? I just think it doesn't make any sense at all. I really – here's here's the thing. In inclement weather, it's just a total pain. Mm. I, I would always be expecting it to leak. And I know this is an unpopular opinion, but I'm just going to be honest about who I am. I hate when my hair goes in my mouth. Hmm. And if I'm in a convertible, that always happens. Right. Unless you wear a hat. I'd... Right? You wear, the, have to and wear a hat. The, and, but yeah, but the hat's going to go flying. No, it's secure. I, I don't know if the hat's secure. Yeah. So it's it's too much for me. We live in Pittsburgh. But if you lived in Southern California? I don't live in I Southern love California. LA. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah, but I don't. And so I live here. And you so say, say mix my, the convertible. My conclusion is that it doesn't All right. make sense. Does, does this make sense? Mm-hmm. Shining your shoes. Now, when I was a boy, my job was to shine my father's shoes. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Took great pride in that. Mm -hmm. Making sure he was all spiffy. Shine those babies up. Now, do people even shine their shoes? I mean, I've got a little shoe shine kit. I can't tell you. I shine my shoes every day. Get out of here. Every 
single day. You're using shoe polish? Yep. Get out Parade of here. Parade gloss. Are you, is it on the roll-on or is it uh, out of it's the can? It's out of the can. Get out of here. Don't, are you using a glove? Because no. your fingertips, aren't they? Your fingers no, all black? No, I, I have a special cloth. Oh, that I do. use, mm-hmm. and I have I have a bra- I, I have I have the shoe polish, I have black cat. Uh no no what what's, what kind is it? You know, Quick. It's the, kiwi. No, it's not kiwi. Mm. I can't believe I can't think of what it's called. Polish. Anyway, you use that. You put that on. Yeah. Then you let it sit for a minute and dry off. Then you use your Bop brush. It. Then your cloth. Man, it's a three step deal. Sh- those yeah. are like military boots. Every day. Makes sense. 101.5 WORD. You're listening now, so we know you're a fan of the radio station. I am a big fan. And we want you to know that we appreciate you. I am your number one fan. That's why we've developed the Word FM Fan Club. It's free to join, and once you do, you can take part in exclusive surveys and contests. Yeah, I love contests. Special offers. Great giveaways. Discounts. Freebies. I'd like to win one of these contests. Become a member today. Go to wordfm.com slash fan club and sign up. We're big fans. Rayma Christian School is a private school in Moon Township serving children in preschool through eighth grade. Recognized for its commitment to a biblically integrated curriculum that nurtures a Christian worldview and academic excellence, Rayma aims to develop the whole child, spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally, and socially. Rayma is a true community of families who desire to raise up the next generation of godly leaders, also offering programs for homeschool families, accepting enrollment now for the current school year and opening soon for the 2023-24 school year. Visit Rayma Christian in 1966, Time Magazine asked, Is God dead? Now best-selling author Eric Metaxas takes that famous question and turns it around when he asks, Is Atheism Dead? In his bestseller titled, Is Atheism Dead? Metaxas offers a provocative answer as he shows atheism to be not only implausible and intellectually sloppy, but also demonstrably ridiculous. Get your copy of Is Atheism Dead? Available now at Amazon.com and wherever books are sold from the creators of i can only imagine comes jesus revolution if you look a little deeper if you look with love you'll see an entire generation searching for all the right things just in all the wrong places based on a true revolution you're gonna need a bigger church jesus revolution rated pg-13 some material may be inappropriate for children under 13 see it early february 22nd in theaters everywhere beginning february 24th go to jesusrevolution.movie Marketing your business is hard. It's so competitive, and getting new customers is as hard as keeping your existing ones. We know it because we're a local business, too. So when it comes to marketing your business and getting new customers, we know how to do it. Our digital marketing firm, Salem Surround, is built to create customized solutions to your business, not your competitors, just you. Reach out to us at SalemSurround.com, and we'll work with you to create those solutions that will increase your business and bring you new customers. SalemSurround.com trip to Europe. Visit all 30 Major League Baseball stadiums. Go skydiving. Okay, so you know what you want to do in retirement, but do you know how to get there? Tune into Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane of Accurate Solutions Group Saturdays at 10 a.m. to get answers to your retirement planning questions. Plan today so you can do the things you've always dreamt about doing in retirement. Listen every Saturday morning at 10 to Your Retirement Blueprint with Accurate Solutions Group. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. 
Hey, good to see you guys. Good to yeah, see you. Welcome back, Eugene. So you're in the heart of Silicon Valley. We are in the heart of the Rust Belt here. So, you know, our environments are a little different. We have um, high tech here. We do have high tech yep. here, but it's not the same, right? It's no. not. It, high tech has kind of come into the Rust Belt bubble, um, but that's pretty much you're immersed in the whole thing. So when you think of um, what has happened to tech in the last five years or so, what do you think of? And then I want to ask you what the link is to the church next. Yeah, I mean, it's been really interesting because uh, as a pastor, I'm not in tech, but that's the people I'm ministering and shepherding and dealing with on a daily basis. And I would say five years ago, uh, there was this optimism, almost naive optimism that tech will never fail, that each startup that starts is going to change the world uh, for better, um, that these huge companies, Google, Facebook, and now Meta, um, Amazon, whatever it may be, they, they were the new kind of the new uh, institutions to bring a uh, bring upon utopia into this world. But I think much has changed. I think the economic downturn uh, recently has changed. The scandals. Uh, I could list so many CEOs, startups, FTX, for example, basically mm-hmm. destabilizing crypto in one day. All that being said, that it's almost like a 180 flip, uh, and it's been really interesting dealing with that anxiety with mm. my people uh, and um, learning how to pastor in that environment. I bet. Okay, so the anxiety. Hey, Eugene, your, your volume's a little low. Can you? Is there some way you can crank yourself up a bit? I can, I can try. Oh, there you go. There That's good. Go. Okay, good. Excellent. Okay, so you're with a, a lot of tech workers. And, of course, heck, I mean, uh, well-documented. There's been a lot of different job cuts here. I mean, you know, people slashing and burning tens of thousands of jobs. So uh, you got to deal with that. Uh, how does that work in your life? Um, you know, I think it's a good uh, case study on just how much vocation identity that line is very uh, flimsy, especially in this new world. Um, one thing that we've always preached on is work and how, you know, biblically your meaning comes before vocation and it, it shapes your vocation. Uh, I think especially here it's flipped where your vocation becomes your identity. Um, but I do think in uh, the silver lining of it is that we have found that at our church in this time um, that people are more open finally, that although they've been coming for years on end, uh, they're more open to actually hearing the gospel, not with their ears, but with their souls. And just seeing that it's not just an idea, but a relationship, you know, that's very preachy. Um, but you, I've realized with these workers, the first uh, kind of uh, notice that their their work is not perfect, that tech is not this utopia that's been um, promised to them, opens their doors and, and kind of loosens their guard to actually seeing Jesus for who he is. Mm-hmm. So what about the church? I mean, the evangelical church is a complicated uh, organism itself. And um, I wonder how seeing what you've seen about the decline of tech or the anxiety uh, or the doubt uh, in the tech world, how that makes you think about church. Yeah, uh, this is something that's been on my mind for the past couple of months, just realizing how much the evangelical, especially uh, American evangelical church, um, you know, even organizations like Acts 29 or other church planning uh, networks, they've used the tech model for a very long time. So often uh, a church plant is likened to a startup sure. in, in the tech industry. There was even a podcast called Startup uh, that focused on a church one season just because of the similarities were so canny. And I've been seeing just the kind of parallels and perils 
of that similarity happening. Um, you know, we can list off so many megachurch pastors and not even megachurch, just pastors in general that have fallen and just the uncanny similarities to these tech CEOs, uh, Elizabeth Holmes. I don't know if you know who she sure. is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sam Brinkman freed at, at FTX. They're all so similar. And that got me thinking, why is that? And I think the church needs to learn that this model that we've been using to what I would say, um, scale over people, because that's a very techie thing that just you want to grow as fast as you can. Um, we're feeling the effects now in the church in general, just like the tech industry is as well. And and I find it um, alarming. And I think there's lessons to be learned from the tech industry and how the church can kind of divert its way of this idea that, hey, we're just a startup. We're just here to grow. We're just here vision, scale, values. It's all things that we talk about, um, but we're losing the big picture in the midst of all that. Interesting. So then, uh, are, Eugene, are you sort of running a parallel between at least the uh, the cult of personality between, you know, the tech startup gurus and, of course, you know, the latest uh, mega pastor or sort of, you know, guru within the evangelical church that we hold in high regard, you know, whether he's, you know, dressed in his Gucci or his, you know, high-end sneakers. Th- th- there is this sort of personality that we all lean into in some way yeah you know i think that's just human nature to be drawn to gifted people and i don't think that's a bad thing i'm not i I think if you're gifted that is a blessing um, from god but at the same time i do think what the, the, the perils and the stories of tech teach us is when you give a gifted person with authority no limits you know in the tech world for example elizabeth holmes uh, if you've either read uh, Bad Blood or watched, I believe, the HBO series called The Inventor, mm-hmm. uh, you saw that she literally could do whatever she wanted. And, and when I was watching that, I was like, man, that sounds like so many evangelical, especially mega church pastors that have that same story. There are no checks and balances because they're gifted. We let things slide or we just say, hey, here's a blank check with the church. It doesn't even need to be financial. It could just be spiritual. It could be uh, authority. It could be power. And as long as you're delivering your results, we're happy with it. But at the end of the day, all this stuff will always come out, whatever it may be. So I find that, um, you know, like you mentioned, the cult of personality is something the Western church really needs to uh, watch out for because I think it's a temptation where so prone to falling into as church members. Yeah. And I think that the FTX story really sounds a lot like the rise and fall of Mars Hill. Oh, yeah. Right? It, it does. It's It's so, I mean, I can't. Not, not in a, you know, I, maybe I need to temper my expectations and not in a, in a weird way, but I can't wait for the HBO documentary yeah. on FTX. Yeah, me too. Because it's a wild story. And when you, but the, the thing that struck me as a pastor was like, it's wild, but I've, I've heard this before. And it's not just Mars Hill. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so many churches with such similar storylines that you give, especially a young, gifted, most likely male, but whatever me, a young, gifted leader, a blank check. And usually there's nothing good that comes from that. Okay, so Eugene, as, as you joined us, you were telling the story about, you know, whether it's your congregation or any church, you know, in Silicon Valley. For years, I mean, these guys were sort of bulletproof in some way, right? Big money, prestige, everybody looked at these people and like, oh man, you guys, you're working for Google. Now, for the first time ever, that bubble has burst. So you're saying that, you know, people in your church or, you know, you know, a lot of different pastors you're working with, they're kind of shaken to the core. They've become a more authentic walk with Jesus because of that status is somehow brought them to their knees. Yeah. And, you know, before I even make it on our people, I, I'll be the first to even explain that tech has also influenced 
in good and bad ways that I've pastored, especially being in the heart of Silicon Valley. I'm literally in my office where down the street is Apple, uh, down the other way is LinkedIn. And, and you know, I, I visit all those time, those locations. And one thing I've realized is uh, one thing in tech recently, there's been a lot of layoffs um, and there's a lot of reasons for that. Sure. And some are mysterious, some don't make sense. One of them that I heard was that was helpful for me as a pastor was a lot of these companies realized that in their ecosystem, um, there were these layers of excess management. So basically what that means was mm -hmm. to uh, succeed in your company, uh, if you're a coder, to, to get up that ladder, it meant to stop coding and to just find people to manage the people under you. And what they discovered was there was these layers and layers and layers of management where nothing was really being done. Um, so, for example, in Twitter, when Elon Musk took over, and I know that's a whole other story with whole other side consequences, but he realized within the engineering department, only 30% of those coders had access code in the last year. Wow, which showed, really? Yeah, so there's just these layers of management. And I thought about that to myself, and I was like, oh, that's, that's interesting. But I realized we as pastors do this all the time. Um, we create layers of management so that we don't have to deal with people. That's just an innate thing. Uh, and I've realized, you know, that's, that's a healthy way to, I'm not saying just to, hey, as a pastor, you should do everything on your own. I'm not saying that at all. But I do think the pendulum has shifted, uh, as, even as me as a minister, that I've created these layers of management within the church where I have small group leaders, I have leaders for the small group leaders, I have a coordinator for the leaders of the small group leaders then to report to me. And because of that, there's so much of this communication that maybe it's making you more efficient but are you reaching your people? Are you getting the work done of the church? Mm -hmm. So I think that's one thing that struck me in the middle of this, that yeah, our people, you know, they, they vocation isn't idle, but even for pastors and ministry, uh, we fall under the same kind of pitfalls that often tech has shown me. Interesting. Eugene, I appreciate it. I had never considered yeah, the two, too. right? High tech and the church and uh, the parallels, uh, good and bad with both organizations. So thanks so much for being with us. Uh, really interesting insight. No, thank you, guys. Our pleasure. Eugene Park, associate pastor of True North Church in Palo Alto. He's the host of a podcast, Off the Pulpit. You check it out. Our little brother says the word dodo word 40 times a day. Should we be saying that word on Word FM? You started it. Okay. So here we are with Uncle Ryan with three reasons why you'd be a tweet tweet if you bought a home this year and didn't use us at United Faith Mortgage. The biggest reason is our direct lender advantage. We use our own money. And there's no middleman. Which means... We can often get you a better rate, saving you monthly and lifelong money. We also pay $1,000 of your closing costs on all new home purchases. And just as important to me as saving listeners money is the super service part. Our small team is specifically committed to Word FM. You will not get to a closing and find anything hidden. It's a partnership all the way around. So, don't be a, and we're done. We are United, United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Corp, Melbourne, New York. And a blessing for 1330. That's the Department of Banking and Securities. Mortgage Lender License 22672. Train up a child in the way they should go. Well, you know the rest. It's a calling you take very seriously as a Christian parent. And Trinity Christian School in Forest Hill seeks to honor your commitment by working together with parents to prepare students who are academically sound and spiritually ready to take their place in the world through a classical approach to education that helps build a faith from which they will never depart. Trinity Christian School, one of the top K-12 schools in Allegheny County at trinitychristian.net. Breaking news. 
Tax refund shock is everywhere, but what is it? My tax refund shrank. Mine too. The culprit? Pandemic-related stimulus payments and tax credits expiring. In this reporter's opinion, you need a tax expert. Hey guys, Jackson Hewitt guarantees your biggest refund. And tax prep is 50% off? Going there now. 50% off is a limited time offer for new clients filing at participating locations. Max value $200. Visit jacksonhewitt.com slash 50 for terms. This spring, join Danny Gokey, Jordan Feliz, and Blanca on the Jesus People Tour. Heading to your city. Join Danny, Jordan, and Blanca in Moon Township, Pennsylvania at Impact Christian Church on Thursday, March 23rd. That's Moon Township, Pennsylvania on March 23rd. The Jesus People Tour, live in your city. More information at TransparentProductions.com. I'm cold. You know why you're cold? Because we need to replace our windows. It's going to be expensive. Well, we lose money every time the wind blows. I don't want to deal with a high-pressure salesperson. Well, our neighbors used energy swing windows and doors, and they loved them. Oh, they have over 500 five-star reviews. The energy swing is a complete lifetime warranty for a peace of mind guarantee. So if we replace the windows and doors with them, we'll never have to do it again. I'll make an appointment today at energyswingwindows.com. So yesterday, of course, Ash Wednesday, which means that fish fries yesterday and then every Friday for the entirety of the Lenten season up and running. Um, now, because of COVID-19, of course, a lot of fish fries scaled things back. Most of it was drive through or pick up. Tragic. But now uh, people are back in the full swing of things. And also... Um, they're, they're saying, you know, um, if you're tired of the same old thing, I'm not. I'm not really. I'm not, by the way. But you can do. There's a, a handful of churches upping the ante: salmon and homemade soups, Ooh. fish or shrimp tacos, what pasta dishes, lobster rolls, and bisque. They're also throwing the proverbial bone to kids with the applesauce and cheese pizza for your fish fry. Now, the PG uh, in today's edition has listed 80 <gasps> places. 80 places across uh, Western Pennsylvania. Now, I've got the hard copy of this list, and it seems to me that there's no sort of wherewithal. Maybe it's searchable online Mm. where you can sort of put in your zip code. You would think it would be. But, um, you know, just floating through. I I, I printed this out, and as soon as I printed it out, I I regretted it because it's 35 pages long. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So uh, no staples probably going to go through. My that apologies to the environment, right? You know? mm-hmm. but, but you know, um, how, I I don't even know how to f- find this. Love. I mean, places. you want to read a couple, so at least we have a little smattering. A little smattering, okay? Yeah. Well, let me go with the first one. For some reason, the first one, Divine Mercy Parish. Okay. This is in um, Brother Andre's Cafe. You know this place. It's up. It's up by the um, PPG Paint, uh, Washington. Oh place. yes, I do. Yeah, yeah. sure. Ask Wednesday and Fridays during Lent, except Good Friday, 1230 till 6. Okay, so we could do that one. See, the thing that that John and I struggle with, for all you listeners out there, is because by the time we're off the air and done with our work here, everything's closed. Most of them go till 7-ish. Right. But then I've tried that. Yeah. And then, you know, especially during COVID, you get in line and then, oh, we're out of fish. Right. And you go, okay. Uh, the but Alleg- one that starts at noon, we should work Heck focus yeah. on that. Allegheny Elks on the north side. Cedar Avenue. Cash only. From 5.45 until 8. Okay. 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 AWBD Career Center oh, on Babcock 80, Boulevard. Right. Uh-huh. Uh, in McCandless, 
uh, 11 to one thirty. That's, oh, that's a little a lunch time. One. Yeah, okay. yeah. Divine Grace Parish, uh, St. Fernando's, St. Ferdinand Church in Cranberry, 11.30 to 1, and then uh, 4 to 7. Baked fish. Fr- they got fish tacos. Homemade soups. I mean, it looks like they're doing it. They're doing it up there. I d- I don't know if you needed a reminder about how much I love a fish taco. Oh yeah, I know. I I try that once. Every time we go to Mad Max. Yeah. You do the fish tacos. Yeah. One time I was at Mad Max. I thought, okay, I'll, I'll follow your lead. I was disappointed. But look, now he's disappointed in me, Lexi. Did you hear that? He's like so dis- he's like so irritated that no, no, I no. let him down the wrong path. No, uh, not in you. Mm. No, I, I think you are. I was watching something the other day. Oh, I know. I was watching my... Uh, Better Call Saul. And they were having a, two cops were having a fish taco. And you thought, wow. Oh, there's Kath. Okay. Uh-huh. The Oakmont Elks Lodge in Oakmont. Fridays during Lent, 3 to 7. Phone orders. See, that's the deal. Phone, yeah, orders, phone orders begin at noon. Fried or baked fish, fried shrimp, mac and cheese, halouski, French halushki, fries. by the way. It's all right. Coleslaw. Right. You're Irish. I'll let, let it go. Halouski? Halouski. Halouski. Okay. I mean, here's what I say. Again, the church shines. Yes, of course. Without the church, there would yes. no be there would not be uh, many, many of the uh, fish fries that are made. Absolutely right. You know, the fire departments, they're doing a good job as well, the volunteer fire departments. But the, the church... <laughs> Raise it up. The banner for fish fries. There we go. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.